0: Would you like me to save you some serious cash right now? Listen up. You're probably wasting tons of money on vitamins, herbs, supplements, maybe even prescription drugs, trying to improve your sleep, your sense of well-being, happiness, your energy levels. And I'm here to tell you, all you really need to do is probably just get solid REM and deep sleep. Not enough hours per se but enough of the right types of sleep. And I can also tell you, based on my research and interviews with over 200 experts on this here podcast over the past few years, that if you are not blocking blue light from your life at night, you are not producing enough melatonin to give you the type of sleep that you really need. Enter the company, one of my favorite sponsors, Blue Blocks. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X, blueblocks.com. Make some not only attractive and pretty cool looking glasses of the prescription, non-prescription and even reading glass nature, but you can also get 15% off on their website by entering the code LIFESTYLIST. So their glasses look cool, but they really work to cut out the blue and green spectrum of light that trashes your melatonin, hormones and neurotransmitters. So if you want to be healthy, listen, stop ordering a couple of those supplements and just work on your lighting. This is really, really important. And I'm very enthusiastic about this because after changing all the lighting in my house to old style incandescent bulbs and wearing protective uh, glasses like this at night when I go out or watch TV or work on a computer, whatever the case may be, um, my health has improved dramatically and so has my energy and my mood. It's serious stuff and it's very affordable and much cheaper than some of the other interventions that you're probably trying right now or some of the medical interventions that are likely to be necessary later on. So go to blueblocks.com, enter the code LIFESTYLIST to save 15%. After a long day of interviewing, editing, podcasting, making YouTube videos, doing whatever it is I'm doing with my life, I love to relax later on in the day or in the evening, and that's one of the reasons that I love Organifi Gold. This stuff is truly gold. It's got cinnamon, ginger, lemon balm, medicinal mushrooms, coconut milk, and more than anything, a super big serving of turmeric. It's an amazing anti-inflammatory spice. It's one of my favorites. So I'll make myself a golden latte at night with some good healthy fats in there and just have a nice calming drink. My friends and family love to come over and have my magic uh, gold elixir at night, but I also have been doing it uh, during the day. Just when I need to chill out, I'll make an Organified drink elixir and I'll put it on ice and it's actually really delicious that way too. Organifi Gold is the shiznet, guys. Real good stuff. So if you want to check it out, see I'm trying not to swear as much on the podcast. That's where these weird words come from. I should edit that out, but I won't because I'm high on Organifi Gold. No, seriously, I did have some of it earlier and uh, put me in a really relaxed, um, but still kind of alert mood. It's amazing stuff and it tastes so bomb. You can even make like an ice cream with it. I'm going to start experimenting more with the gold. It's just a really good base powder that you can use for a lot of different things. Sometimes I'll throw some cacao in there, you know, I'll kind of mix it up a bit. Organifi Gold can be found at the following website, you guys. It's Organifi, spelled with an I, dot com forward slash Luke. That's Organifi.com forward slash Luke. If you want to save yourself some cashish to the tune of 15%, once you get over to their site, use the code LIFESTYLIST to save 15% at Organifi.com forward slash Luke. You are officially chillin' on the Lifestylist Podcast. Today's show is a sleep special, Hardcore Hibernation and Biohacking the Bedroom with Todd Youngblood, recorded on location at Paleo Effects in Austin, Texas. Todd's the co-founder and CEO of Cryo Inc., and he leverages his experience as a proven entrepreneur to change the way the world sleeps. His long-term venture is to shape the future of sleep-driven health with sleep-temperature-optimizing technology. Now, if you've been following the show or you follow me on social, you know one of my top biohacks in the world is the chili pad, and now the new version of it called the Uler. And I am freaking obsessed with this technology. It has saved my life, revolutionized my life via my sleep, really. And people are always asking in the Facebook group. By the way, if you're not in that group, I highly encourage you to join. It's the Lifestylist Podcast Facebook group. It's a private group. You can come in get recommendations, answer questions, etc. But one of the top questions I get is, Luke, I can't afford all this stuff. What's the most powerful free biohack? And number one answer is always sleep. And people don't want to do that because you can't take a pill. Well, you can take pills that make you sleep, but they trash your brain uh, and give you shitty sleep. But anyway, sleep is the number one thing, you know, getting out in the sun, drinking some spring water, getting good sleep. I mean, it really is the number one thing. And um, there's been nothing that has improved my personal sleep as much as this thing called the Chili Pad. You're going to hear about that in the episode, but this is not a commercial for the Chili Pad. It just happens to be a rad thing that I discovered and I had to track down the dude that invented it and find out what's up. And um, a little anecdotal piece here too, I, you know, I just got back from a trip to Majorca, Spain in July, and it is hot as balls. That's the official weather report over there. I was over there doing some work, uh, some future recordings that you're going to hear right here, some interviews and some talks that I did over there at uh, the Rama Festival and whatnot. So I had a great time, did a little work, hung out with my girlfriend, had some vacation. It was amazing. But one thing that was not amazing was the temperatures in these ancient prehistoric hotels, which were beautiful. And love you, Majorca. You guys got to work on the retrofitting of the air conditioning, y'all. Seriously. I knew, however, that that was going to be the case. So like the biohacking nerd that I am, I took two huge suitcases and one fully packed carry-on. And in there was my brand new Uler unit that I was lucky enough to get from Todd's people over at Chili Technology. So I got to say, that thing saved my trip. I would have been hating life and unable to sleep. I just can't sleep when I'm hot period. So you know, it was a really successful mission as far as optimizing the sleep goes. And that has a lot to do with jet lag too. So I'm very grateful and came back super pumped to drop this episode because it's hot all over most parts of the world right now. And it's probably ruining a lot of people's sleep. So I'm going to help you fix it. But beyond just like sleep temperature, we talk about a lot more having to do with why sleep is important, how to make it awesome, et cetera. Here's what we wrap about. The history of sleep technology, including the unfortunate detour into waterbeds. Funny story about uh, Todd and his family and how they relate to waterbeds. The fact that you can currently change just about everything about a bed except the temperature, which is one of the most critical things for good sleep. Breaking bad habits of the sleep industry like sleeping pills. It uh, turns out these things really suck, so you want to avoid them. Just a little spoiler alert there. If your body temperature doesn't drop, you can't fall asleep. How foam beds are affecting your sleep negatively the evolutionary paleo aspects of sleep, lulling your body into a semi-hibernative state, how to avoid couple fights over sleep temperatures. (laughs) Getting a chilly pad if you're married in a relationship is worth it just for that, especially, in my belief, if you happen to be a couple of the opposite gender. Why electric blankets can take years off your life. The importance of quantifying what improves your sleep and what hurts it. How the new ChiliPad app lets you customize exactly what you want your sleep experience to be like. The importance of making your bedroom a healthy, holistic recovery space. And finally, how lowering the temperature of your bed improves sex. What? Woo, woo, summer heat. Let's do this. So this is going to be a great episode with Todd Youngblood all about how to make your sleep awesome. Please listen up. And if you gain something from this episode, as I'm quite certain that you will, make sure that you share it with a friend. And you can look forward to next week's podcast, Emotional Intelligence, How to Make Your Heart Smart with Josh Trent, uh, host of the Wellness Force podcast, on which I was a recent and grateful guest. I'll also be at the Health Optimization Summit that's coming up. I've been plugging it and it's right around the corner. That's September 14th and 15th. If you want to know about that, go to lukestory.com forward slash events. And I thank you so much for tuning in. Please enjoy this show about the deep slumber.
1: Good to see you, Todd Youngblood. What's up, my man? Hey, fantastic to be here, man. Thanks for inviting me. This is great. I
0: am so happy to see you because you are the man behind me sleeping like a bear for the past couple of years. And I've done shows in the past on sleep. And that's the majority of what we're going to talk about. We're also going to talk, of course, a bit about your story, which is really fascinating, your family background in terms of business and stuff. Spoiler there. I won't tell you what it is, but it involves sleep. But honestly, like out of all the devices that I've used for biohacking and health and stuff like that, I honestly think your product, the ChiliPad, and you guys, again, i I don't want to sound like an infomercial here, but I just... I'm really excited when I find something that works and I feel compelled to tell people about it, whether or not I or the guest have any financial incentive in that conversation or not. It doesn't even matter. I would talk about things that I think are dope. And my number one smart drug, number one biohack in the world is getting good sleep. And you've helped me a lot with that, so I praise to you, my friend. Thank you, because you don't always have the opportunity to run an AC unit in your whole house all night, and exactly. if you do, it could be really, you know, not good collectively for the environment or for your bank account.
1: So, yeah, man, well, thanks for the invite. It's great. Yeah. It's great to finally catch up. You know, you've uh, we've been talking about sleep together for a long time. You know, we've known each other for what maybe four years yeah. or so. It's yeah, been, uh, it's been a great ride. To clarify what he said, we've talk about sleep
0: together, not sleeping together. That's huh? a very good point. <laughs> no, right. And when you sleep on my product, it's not sleeping. You know, yes, exactly. Yeah. He has a wife, guys. Okay. Let's keep it clear. <laughs> no. Um, so give us a bit of your background. You know, I think it's a trip that your family business was also involved in water and sleep. What's the That's story right. there?
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, the long, crazy story is uh, my uncle invented the waterbed 50 years ago. So it was actually his uh, grad student project. It was part of his uh, thesis. It started with a jello chair. It kind of eventually morphed into uh, a, a water bag that you'd sleep on. And uh Yeah. To change change the way the world slept at least for about 10 years. I mean, I was all the rage. It became a billion-dollar business.
0: Are you so, serious
1: that much? I did, yeah. So, I mean, did he have a patent on him? So that he, he did.
0: Are you serious? So he was the only guy that made waterbeds?
1: Uh, no, kind of a crazy story. Actually, it didn't work out for him financially very well. He overexpanded. company basically went bankrupt in like three years. And then everyone else jumped in like, man, I love this thing. This is great. Let's go make it. And then everyone else expanded. It took him 14 years to actually settle with some lawsuits and it got kind of crazy. But- he, he's just a prolific inventor. So I worked for him out of college and just, just an awesome guy. Great human being, uh, lives in, in Bainbridge Island and, uh, just outside of Seattle, just a super good guy. So when I worked for him, he was in a very unrelated business, but you know, it, back in the, in the back of my mind was always, and when you have an idea that can change the way people sleep it can change an industry. It can change a generation. Uh There's there's no one in kind of the generation, certainly my parents, that hasn't experienced a waterbed. They've slept on one. They've owned one. They had a friend that had one. Like, that's it, pretty cool. That's cool, man. That's a great story. Yeah, I, I forget if it was... Would it have been the 70s
0: or 80s when I was a kid that people had waterbeds?
1: Yes, exactly. 70s, 80s, okay.
0: 70s and 80s. Yeah. Okay, it's so like mid-70s through mid-80s or something Yeah, it like was that.
1: kind of peaked out, I think, in the mid-80s. Ah, okay.
0: Yeah, because yeah, I, I do remember, I never had one. Obviously, as a kid, I had one of those little miniature mat- kid mattresses, whatever those horrific things were. <laughs> Hard-ass, uncomfortable, super hot mattresses. You know, I think about it in terms of... What we'll get into, you know, sleep, um, hygiene, I guess you could say, and environment and all that, um, specifically being cold. And I probably slept like shit my whole life just purely because I lived somewhere hot. (laughs) I was like overheating and I Mm -hmm. didn't know that's why I wasn't sleeping well. And I didn't know that I wasn't sleeping well. Not only the why, but the, the. Um, So that's interesting. Yeah, The thing about the uh, waterbeds that now looking back, I think that was... You know, probably had a lot to do with their demise is just the level of movement that takes place yeah, when, it, when yeah. you know one person moves their little toe, and boom, you have exactly. this ripple effect, ripple a slip and slide going on on the other side of the bed, which is why my favorite bed in the world is a Samina bed, which I'm saving up there. It's like buying a car, but um, <laughs> it's one of these great sleep systems it where, is. um, where you, no matter how each person sleeping together moves, it has no effect on the right. other side, except maybe pulling on a blanket or something. So, yeah, ugh, I want to get one they of those. They
1: put some fantastic engineering into those products. It's cool, right? It's a lot of thoughtfulness. Yeah. It's yeah. an amazing
0: product. Yeah. yeah. And for those of you wanting to learn about the Semina bed, incidentally, uh, I did an episode on that a while ago, uh, with Klaus, uh, Pummer. And Klaus is a sleep expert, but also we did a huge deep dive into the Samina bed and why it's so badass. It's Austrian, crazy technology. It's insane. And there's also a 45-minute documentary that I did about Samina bed wow. on YouTube. If you search Luke's story, the healthiest bed in the world, you'll find it. Side note. So yeah, the waterbed. And then the other thing about the waterbed that was a little disconcerting knowing what I know now is that it seemed like most of them were made out of vinyl. Yeah. yeah right? Yep, and exactly. then now we know vinyl is a really toxic substance that yes. off gases and people that work in vinyl factories get cancer after two weeks. And yeah, it's, it's kind of nasty. It's, yeah. it's a gnarly it's material. And so I also like to tell people, if you have a vinyl shower curtain, if you have things in your home made out of vinyl, get rid of them. They're super, super toxic. If you don't believe me, Google vinyl plus cancer or vinyl toxicity and you know, You'll see that I'm right. Uh-huh. Yeah, a lot of stuff out there on that. Yeah. Okay. So waterbeds. Are you someone that's really into health and wellness and biohacking and stuff personally? You or- know,
1: I've I've ridden I've ridden the ride, I guess you can say, you know, so I think when you when I look at sleep, I, I'm all, I'm all about my own recipe. Like for me and probably a lot of people for your audience, I kind of pick and choose the things that are pain points for me. Like what helps me be my best self? And so, yeah, I've definitely have my tricks and, uh, for me, sleep is a huge issue and it's whether or not you're measuring it with aura or some other device, man, you know, you had great sleep when you wake up and you feel like you can crush it. We all have had that. And you, maybe it's you go to bed at eight o'clock instead of staying up and watch, you know, like, like just kind of doing the stuff, you know, doesn't impact your sleep the best. But when you, when you have an amazing sleep, it means you start your day in an amazing place. And like, so from my my recipe on biohacking, it's like doing the things that, for me, I know help me keep my best self. And for me, it's mostly related to fitness, relating to mindfulness. It's just making sure that I'm doing the things I need to do to um, to contribute what I have to contribute to the world. What was the moment when you first had the
0: idea that there was um, a missing link in the market of sleep optimization, and you thought, "Hmm, how can I change the temperature?" Like, when was the first thought you had? Hey, I'm going to make a pad that makes your bed
1: warm or cold. Yeah, so it was, it was really fun genesis, and you know, it started with just a personal problem of I was sleeping super hot at night, so I was early 30s. Um, I'd go to bed and I'd wake up and and I was so sweaty. I would like sweat through the sheets, the pillows wet. It's disgusting. I mean, it not only did like, it's a terrible condition to wake up to, but like, that's gross for my wife. You know, like it changes intimacy because you're just like, man, what's going on with this? And so I was thinking about it. We're running a product development company at the time. I've been uh, partners, uh, business partners with my wife uh, since 2000. So we've been running different companies for the last 19 years. And like, man, this has gotta be fixable. Every other product that we worked on, we first saw the market opportunity and then we built the product to meet it, like just general consumer product kind of stuff. And what other kind of stuff have you guys made? Uh we uh we've made a uh an an airbed that sets up beneath like uses the power of the airbed pump to set itself up. It's a product called the Easy Bed. Uh, we sell it to uh front gate catalog and some other retailers. We've uh, we've done pool products. We've done, I ran a trading company in China for 10 years. Like we've done all kinds of different consumer oh, wow, goods. Interesting. You know, but the, the fun part about this one was like, it's, I don't re- recommend in general, it depends whether you're pursuing your passion or your business. And this is one where I wanted to work on it because I had a personal need and it just, it, it was crazy that you couldn't do it. It was crazy that there was no, you could change everything else about a bed, change the elevation, the firmness, what you slept on. Um, you can change everything about it but the temperature. And so we started just very basically as a, a need for me, solving a problem, and it was really comfort-related. We had no idea on the physiological benefits that sleeping cold would produce. And, and honestly, the re- there wasn't a lot of research at that time. This is starting in 2004. Uh, so, qu- quite a long time ago. It took us like, about three years to actually get a product that was engineered and designed and, and we're uh, balancing the comfort aspects of it. Because if it's not comfortable, it doesn't matter. So, it's got to be comfortable. So, it's to kind of sacrifice the... You can't sleep on like a cold metal slab that's exactly. nice, and- <laughs> nice and chilly,
0: but as hard as a rock.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So... You know, basically, we got a product out there in around 2007, and we've, you know, finding ways to make it better all the time. Um, It really, I want to say it was probably closer to like 2012, 2013 that we really started to connect with people. We had people using the Olympics to help their athletes optimize their training. Uh, It was a a great, it was a friend of mine, Sky uh, Christofferson, that he was trying to run Data Not Drugs to try to get his cyclists off of some of the drugs and that kind of that overall kind of that market, that industry is so stuck on kind of bad habits. So he was really trying to break through it and like look at all the hacks that were out there and sleep, as you mentioned, it's a huge one. So he used our product around then to help his cyclists win win silver medal. And they were, they were super underdogs. They weren't even supposed to medal place. They weren't even supposed to be, at, I think, top five. And they crushed it. And then his whole regiment had to do with sleep optimization, partly using the chili pad. Um, that was one among many other things he did. Then we're like, wow, there's really something here about human optimization. It's not just, it's not just better. Sleep. It's not comfort. I'm not sleeping on this. I'm not sleeping better because I'm more comfortable at night. I'm sleeping on it because I'm fall asleep faster. I sleep deeper. So we really started working. That's when really the science turned over. And my wife and business partner, Tara, her background is in physics. And so, one of the fun parts about that, not only is she just a great researcher, but she thinks in terms of, you know, the physicality, what's actually happening. And there's just not a lot of, the research is growing quickly, but- when there's such a disconnect on our chemical systems and the physical symptom systems and it's really exciting to see the biohacking community really spending a lot more time on the physical systems you know the pemf treatments and you know being grounded and doing some of the things that help you on the physics side of your body so that's that's cool
0: what a great what a great uh origin story you know um i think it's from a, everything that I do in terms of health and what now we call biohacking, you just call you a health nut, you took a bunch of vitamins and you know, all this kind of stuff or really into fitness, wherever the case may be. But I always look at it from an evolutionary standpoint, You know whether you call it the paleolithic human, like wh- how have we evolved and not only survived, but what has made us healthy and not healthy, right? So things yeah. that we eat, things in our environment, obviously now we live completely disconnected for the most part from our natural environment. But when I think about sleep... Uh, two things are abundantly clear that there would be no artificial light happening after dark at all. I mean, going back a couple hundred years even, right? Let alone a a couple thousand. So you would only have moonlight and starlight at night, right? And uh, and firelight, of course. And so our lighting is something I talk about a lot. And that has to do with the production of melatonin and Mm -hmm. regulating your hormones and neurotransmitters and your circadian rhythm, which tells your human meat suit when it's time to go to bed, when it's time to go up. And you can watch... Animals that are not nocturnal and they're just about one hundred percent in alignment with the cycles of the sun so we're we're designed by nature to live within nature, and another element of that, aside from the light and just the celestial influence that that has on us, our biology and our sleep, is the temperature, yeah right so Do you know anything about how we've evolved, like the different surfaces we've slept on from cave people sleeping on the ground to sleeping on animal skins, et cetera? I feel like almost no no matter where you are, the ground is cold. Even yeah. if you're somewhere where
1: it's a warmer climate, the ground's still going to be cooler than the air. That's right. Yeah. So I haven't done a lot of research about kind of the, the the history of like sleep from what are the different things. What was that evolution of sleep materials? But, you know, it's very clear up until the modern mattress, which I want to say was around 18, 1800s, that where they really started sleeping on uh, springs and sleeping on things that would create, a, really changing it from comfort from basic just function, uh, increasing the comfort values. Um, I'm sure there's a lot more people People, you'll get some feedback like, oh, what the story really is. And I should research it. But one thing, the one thing that's crystal clear is the body's natural circadian rhythm. We know the coldest part of the day is about four o'clock in the morning. So to your point of sun will go down, it start getting cooler. You know, when your body starts dropping in temperature, you feel sleepy. Insomnia literally is is partially defined by a delayed. Body heat reduction. So if you if your body temperature doesn't drop, you can't fall asleep. Like so when you talk, uh hear other people talking about it, or if you've talked about it yourself, about some of the trips, tricks to help fall asleep or to be more sleepy. So we talk about a hot bath. You know, warm your body up. So when you get out, it starts cooling and that creates the sleepiness that makes you fall asleep. So oh. when you talk about that, and that really has to do with like, hey, when you're out in the sun. You were warmed up. The sun went down, and started cooling. The earth started cooling. Like you would follow that natural temperature cycle. And now you talk about us living in a man made world. Yeah, the, the artificial in- components in our mattresses today, the thermal energy in mattresses is staggering. Think about what's happened in mattresses in the last 30 years. You know, they went from a fairly hollow inner spring with some fabric on the outside, maybe a little foam on the top, but not a whole lot. And now they we're sleeping on bricks of foam. By and large, and what's happening? If you were to take like a thermal camera and watch, and take a side profile of that mattress, you see it just slowly heat up throughout the night. It's a heat sink, so we're heating our beds. We're sleeping in a warmer environment, and now our mattress environment is the hottest in the morning. So our temperature is literally going up throughout the night, and it should be going down. It's terrible.
0: Whoa, dude, that is trippy. I never thought about that. Yeah, and and another thing, I think I was like, whoa, about the bath thing because I've heard through my research that you know you want your body to be cooler because it helps you fall asleep, as you said. But I've always tripped out because if I take a jacuzzi, a hot tub, a hot springs, or take a sauna. Close to bedtime, it really, I have great sleep scores that yeah, night. Right. And I, I'm, you know, of course, I'm using a chili pad <laughs> when I'm doing that. Yep. So I'm, you know, immediately cooling down when I get in bed. But I, w- I always thought, well, that doesn't make any sense. If you're, right. if you sleep better when you're cold, then why does getting hot at night right. help my sleep? I just keep doing it because it works, but I haven't known the logic, but that makes sense. So if you're putting yourself in an, sort of overheated state, then automatically your body's going to go, whoa, too much heat. And it's going to start sort of off-gassing, for exactly. lack of a better term, or, and outwardly radiating that yeah. heat away from your body as you start to move
1: into sure. sleep. You're going to activate, and, and I can't tell you the, the exact details of all it's happening. You're activating, yeah. you're activating your systems to basically dump that heat. And so when that process, that's, that's what's happening to start putting you in a sleep, sleepy state. I'm yeah, thinking so. about, uh, again, going back to the evolutionary uh, point, is that we've
0: evolved in many cases. I mean, I mean, not all humans every single night, but definitely as hunter gatherer tribal people, we've built fires and we've mm-hmm. gathered around those fires after the sun goes down, cooked food, celebrated, danced, had sex, whatever. Mm-hmm those wild natives have done before us. (laughs) Um, But you're getting super hot from a fire from an evolutionary standpoint. So we're also wired, you know, as the sun goes down, obviously it gets cold and we huddle Mm -hmm. together around fires and then we get super hot. And then we go off to our sleeping area, tents, teepees, wherever we're sleeping in caves, under bushes. And then the ground is getting colder and colder and colder Mm -hmm. until that 4 a.m., time when it's the coldest and you're in this really deep sleep. And so by making these weird mattresses that we all sleep on that don't yet have the means by which to afford a Samina, which doesn't build up heat like that because it's it's open air on the bottom. It's like an open system mattress rather than a closed system but the um you know the thermal imaging thing i've seen some mattress companies show in their competitive mm-hmm. marketing materials the thermal imaging of how the heat happens within the mattresses and of yeah. course the mattress companies are now some some of them aware of this and they're like oh ours doesn't heat up cuz we use these layers of this and that and they're breathable but I don't care what mattress I sleep on. I'm still going to get hot. Yeah. (laughs) So,
1: and that's, so one of the things, and it it really frustrates me uh, in the mattress industry, when they talk about a cooling mattress, like all there's cooling sheets, cooling mattresses, cooling everything, but they're two degrees. So passive cooling, the way it works, like a cooling shirt, like, you know, all that stuff, it's two degrees. It's helping your body. Uh, evaporate moisture. It's using your mat and your body's natural systems to cool and trying to accelerate the body's natural cooling mechanism. But say if you're sleeping on a cooling mattress, the effect is only essentially a moisture wicking effect. Um, They can have some phase change materials where they heat up and they kind of dissipate some heat, but... It's two degrees. It's two degrees. It's just not enough. That's like, way not enough.
0: No. So, like, Especially if you're talking about, you know, if you're the surface of your bed and your body is 102 degrees versus 100, like you're still going to sleep like crap.
1: Right. Exactly. And so I think that the key thing is it's not enough to prevent heat buildup. So at the bare minimum, if like, if you just think about preventing heat buildup. Like, hey, no, I'm not sure I'm not interested in it. You know, I kind of sleep fine. I'm good. You know, I don't have a temperature issue. What people don't understand is they, they are changing, like, their thermal space, and they're not getting as much deep sleep. So, you know, you've, you've seen it on your aura scores. You know, when you, uh, when you have a great cold sleep, um, like, man, you crush it on deep sleep. Like, it has such a big impact. And all the amazing things that happen deep sleep, like, man, we all need to get more of it. You know, that's, that's, we just wake up and back to that morning, we know we've had a great sleep when we wake up like, ah, oh, I can crush it today. Today's going to be amazing. You know, how do we become more morning people? Because uh, we're nicer to other people. We're friendlier. You know, you're such more of an optimist. You don't have to, gosh, you work so hard to be an optimist and put yourself in the right mindset and to do all the things, you know, and this is not to take anything away from mindfulness because it's really important. But boy, if you can start your day, feeling fantastic because you slept well, oh, everything else is plus. You don't have to work as hard to get there. You start there. Oh, man, there.
0: so true. I'm a much nicer person when I get good sleep. To that point, you know, I'm here in Austin, Texas, recording this as we are, and I'm um, in an Airbnb, and I'm not that worried about the power bill, to be honest. So I turn the heat or the AC on to about uh, 67. And so it's nice and cool in the room, and it's a really light comforter, so I'm, I'm not hot. But for some reason last night, I didn't get to bed till 1 a.m. for whatever reason. I went out and was hanging out partying. Uh, my version of partying, drinking a, a LaCroix. <laughs> 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 That's my hardcore party night. Um, but anyway, I went out, came home about 11, FaceTime my girlfriend. You know, it was nice and start winding down and I get to bed at 1. I fall right to sleep, which is great. I wake up at 2 a.m. wide awake, just <sighs> heart beating, super hyper, I wasn't particularly hot, but my sleep, the point of the story is my sleep sucked last night and I still had to get up and come do my work today, my work slash play. It's kind of the same thing in this career, but I had to perform and... I was super grumpy and foggy headed and I felt like shit when I woke up. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And it wasn't like I was flipping off drivers on the way over here, but I definitely <laughs> That's was,
1: good. I Appreciate I, that. you know,
0: it's an improvement. Um, and where, where I, the way that I used to behave when I felt, um, you know, under, undernourished and underslept. But, yeah. uh, you know i got up and did a facebook live for my other business and you know i struggled to find words my brain just isn't working the way that i like yeah. it to work and i typically don't do a lot of like media very early in the morning and i just had to this morning cuz it was my responsibility to do so and i'm just like oh my god it's sleep and again it didn't matter how many qualia i took which i love yeah. or all the you know the bulletproof coffee all the hacks that i have None of that came close to if I had gone to bed, let's say, at eleven yeah. PM instead of one AM, got those, you know, couple hours yeah. of good sleep there, get that melatonin cranking, and then um, had a nice, cool and soft bed. And I think the point that you're alluding to is well not alluding to, you're you're pointing out very specifically is that The more comfortable and thick and cushy our mattresses get, whether they're the best organic latex or the most toxic fire retardant (laughs) poisonous mattresses available commercially, the real conundrum here is making something soft and cushy or getting the right degree of firmness or pillow top, whatever it is that your body likes, leaving those pressure points on your joints and things Mm -hmm. as you sleep that will wake you up as well if you have pain. But the more cushy they get,
1: the hotter they get. Yeah, in general and there's and there are <clears throat> there's what I've noticed. You know, there are some great materials out there, particularly, you know, uh organic materials. Uh, there's some wools. There's there's some great materials out there that don't have quite as much heat buildup. They just do a great job transferring heat very, very, uh very well. But you're still you're still sleeping in your essentially cave, right? So you're sleeping with blankets on top of you, maybe a weighted blanket. Uh, you have sheets around you. There's still some thermal mass. You can't avoid that. There's going to be some thermal mass. And as you're giving off heat, you're heating the space around you. So the air temperature, even if you set the air temperature at 67 degrees, right? Wonderful, nice, cool temperature, great sleeping temperature. You're still heating up your your bedroom space around you. And even if you've got great ma- natural materials, and they they will help dissipate that. What are some um, of
0: the better natural materials for for a
1: mattress? You know, I re- so you did talk about latex. Latex is really good because it doesn't really b- absorb the heat like a memory foam does. Some of the the natural materials, there's some great wool mattresses out there and some organic cotton fill like a kapok kind of stuff. They they have different trade-offs about how they manage moisture and some of those things that the, people have to be aware of. You know, they're the wool ones can get very expensive, so that's kind of a balance of budget versus you know, versus value and in, in sleep. Obviously it's a third of our life. I th- thicker is not better. I think that's a huge, it's marketing companies. They're selling foam in a bag by and large. There's no reason anyone needs a 16 inch thick mattress. Like it's just, it's just garbage. You know, you can sleep fantastic on a six inch mattress, on a four inch mattress. You know, it's all about what's right for your body. So, you know, temperature, temperature is just so important. It's, it's, you know, temperature, sound, and light are so important and they're under, they're under looks. We sleep for comfort. We generally choose a mattress based on comfort and which is good. It feels comfy, but you know, it doesn't help your body do what it needs to do. Isn't that everything else we're talking about with like overall like health and wellness? Cause it's not about, it's not about being super comfy. There's lots of terrible foods you can out and then have a great comfy moment fix. But they're so Pizza. destructive. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. So how like, how do you balance it, right? So it's coming up with that that balance of, you know, that that instant gratification that sleeping on a super soft cushy mattress that you buy online for $299. And then balancing it with wow, what's really going to help me sleep better?
0: When it comes to temperature too, something that's frustrating to me is now, I want to get into sleeping with other humans in your bed too which is a whole other issue especially I well I wouldn't know cuz I don't think I've shared the bed with another male but um sleeping with a few female in my females in my life there's definitely different preferences in terms of yeah. the bed and room temperature and I definitely want to cover that but in terms of cooling the environment with an you know really great AC unit or I was just on a trip in northern California and it was maybe in in the 40s at night and I would open crack a window beautiful yeah. fresh air in the redwoods yep. amazing Love it but still if you put on heavy blankets on top of you like mm-hmm. you talked about a gravity blanket i like the feeling of big thick comforters yeah. on top of me I, I just i like the pressure that it creates for mm-hmm. whatever reason i'm sure, sure there's there is a reason for that it's but...
1: evolutionary reasons for sure oh, yeah. okay so
0: yeah. i don't like the bed i'm in now actually i think my sleep partially sucked last night because i have really lightweight mm-hmm. kind of blankets and i feel like i'm not covered up it's weird yeah but even if you heat the the you know the air environment around your bed if you put on any kind of heavy blankets and you have a mattress that's made with inferior materials that breathe less right mm-hmm. and don't manage moisture and all that as you said You're still going to be like a little human radiator and make your space hot as hell, no matter how cold the room is, unless you want to have the minimalist blanket and just have like a thin ass blanket and then you don't get that cozy feeling. So, you know, I know this is a first world problem we're talking about here. And I acknowledge that like, oh, I don't have the right mattress and air. You know, a lot of people in the world are sleeping in a freaking hut right now and don't have the luxury of any of that try acknowledge but this is my life and many people that listen to this show's life is like yeah. how how do you um you know manage the the sleep environment closest to your body what you're talking about and that the air doesn't really help you in the final analysis if you like that cushy smushy heavy blanket kind of feeling yeah. and that's the conundrum that I could never solve hence you know enter in putting a cool pad underneath you
1: which solves that Totally. It does. And, you know, and you to talking about relationships a little bit, you know, back to, you know, sort of my personal story of, of creating the product, man, it, it's so much, it's so much more enjoyable to be intimate with a person that you're in bed with. If you're not hot, Like, why do you, why would you not cuddle up the person that you love that sleep next to you? Cause they're hot or you're hot or yeah. like, you know, like it's like, nah, dude, I need some space. Like, but if you take out the temperature question, it's so much easier to be intimate. It's so much easier to like share space, to touch each other, to like be closer together, which is kind of just an awesome side benefit. Right. Cause you know, temperature does tend to separate people. And as we age, we become, we have a harder time managing our temperature. One, because the skin starts thinning and you get much older. And there's other things that happen that we're just not as good at maintaining temperature. So there's all kinds of things that other like secondary benefits to, you know, that maintaining active temperature control. We live in a temper controlled world, basically. There's, we don't spend enough time outside and have those big temperature differences. And- I'm not as educated on that as probably some other people out there, but I do know like some of the cold therapy, you talk about saunas and and, and, uh, ice baths, Oh yeah, you know, keeping your body conditioned to temperature ranges is really valuable. I call it, I
0: just actually, I call it, no, I don't. I just came up with this theory yesterday. It kind of came to me when I was being interviewed. And I actually was talking about this, this topic that we're on is that because we don't live, even if we live somewhere where there are seasons, we cut ourselves off from the season. So I had this concept come to me yesterday using ice baths, cryo, saunas, et cetera, or hot tubs, cold tubs. I mean, any hot and cold, however you make it, make your body hot and cold that we have to create seasons. So I have, mm. I kind of have the four seasons every day, or I try to, or at least two of them, a super hot one and a super cold one. And that's part of my biohacking practice, yeah. but it goes back to, uh, again, evolution and nature, right. unless of course you're a human that migrated from around the equator i mean this temperature is more stable and hot obviously around the equator but um most of us come from a bloodline that's moved around north south and migrated a lot and is subject to those different extreme temperatures and that is just as an aside i think one of the most powerful biohacks is not becoming totally domesticated and living life at 68 to 70 degrees because that's not how we've evolved evolved. and it makes you weak right when i watch someone get in an ice bath for the first time it's not a judgmental thing. It was, I'm sure, the same for me. I don't, I was probably in an ice bath, a frozen lake or something when I was five or, you know, living in the mountains and stuff at various times. But when you watch like a big tough guy get in an ice bath and they're like, (laughs) 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 it's like, dude, that is not fucking normal. You're not supposed to have a nervous system that's that weak. You're right. You know, and whether it's a big tough guy or a smaller, you know, woman or whatever, doesn't really matter. It's just like, wow, we're so disconnected from our own evolution and how we're biologically supposed to be wired to be resilient. Yeah. So if you can get an ice bath and not hyperventilate, that parking ticket or that letter from the IRS or that talk with your wife who wants to go to counseling or get a divorce or whatever, you know, the gnarly shit that happens in our life. Mm -hmm. is much easier to tolerate because your nervous system has been bracing itself for threats.
1: Yeah. So it's funny. Like, I, I totally agree with you. Actually, I had my first ice bath experience last month in Malibu. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a fairly newbie in the ice baths. Uh, I love cryo crowd. Did you pant like a dying dog? No. <laughs> you no, know, I didn't. But, you know, my brain, that's like, that's just mental preparedness. Like, yeah. it's going to be super cold. Get there mentally. And you get in you're like, yep, it's super cold. Like- There needs to be no verbal communication necessary. Everyone around you looking at you knows it's super cold. You know, come on, man, get there. You know, it's like anything else in life. You're like, that's probably going to be terrible. Going to the dentist, not an awesome experience. If you go there expecting to uh, have an, um, you know, an amazing euphoric experience, you're going to be let down. If you go there expecting to have your teeth drilled, eh, you're going to get what you expect. So it's like a little bit of mindfulness, right? Or just about being intentional or being aware of like what you're putting yourself uh, body into. We'll be right back at
0: you after this brief but important announcement. We're now about halfway through this conversation with Todd Youngblood, and I'm guessing a large majority of you listening are thinking right about now, damn, it's hot as hell this summer. I want to get one of these chili pads, one of these ulers." Well, of course, we've got your little discount here from our guest, and uh, you can save yourself 25% off one of these puppies by going to technology.com. That's com. The code there is LukeStory25. Now, you can tell I'm a huge geek, super fan of these products based on this conversation, so I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but uh, I've got to say this thing has saved my life for the past three years or so, however long I've been using it. And I'm about to go upstairs and sleep on one right now. And so if you're someone that struggles with waking up too hot, this could just Solve your problem, and it really solves my problem too because I don't want to run the AC in my whole house, it's such a waste. And my AC bill would be I don't know five or six hundred bucks if I let it go every night, maybe even more. Uh, it's just dumb. So, why cool the whole house when all I'm really trying to cool is my freaking body? Which the chili pad or the cooler both do. So if you want to improve your sleep, it's my number one recommendation always. And you can do so by going to chilitechnology.com and again using the code LukeStory25 to save 25% off, which is pretty substantial on these devices. Thank you so much for listening and uh, let's jump back into this conversation. And now back to the interview. Let's go back to the couple Aspect, yeah, yeah. You know, and having, and I want to know if there's actually any data or you know anything about, is it just my imagination or are men kind of always too hot and women always, No, you know, I'm saying always relatively speaking, but... I've never in my life, I don't think, had a, a partner that I sleep with that is always too hot and I'm too cold. I'm always the one that's too hot. Maybe it's all my ice baths or something. Maybe, you know, but I'm always the one that's too hot, and there's a lot of actually potential fighting and tension that is around whether you're in the car together, you check in a hotel together, you're you know trying to sleep. I have never met someone that likes the same temperature I like at the same time. Is that just me or is that common?
1: Well, so I would say what we found in being around people talking about temperature and sleep for the last 12 years is it's not consistent of who's most hot. It is consistent that the couples are always different. Okay. So even if it's a simple of like, I, I I need to go to bed. There's two types of sleepers when they go to bed. One, I want to get them in a cold bed and sleep super cold, cool bed and sleep cold. Or I want to get into a warm bed and have a cool down, so I sleep in a cooler bed, but I need to sleep, I need it to warm up to feel comfortable, right? I can't fall asleep until my body warms up and relaxes, and I stop holding on to the day's stress and go to sleep. Um, so, but, but to your point of like, are women hot, women cold, men hot, men cold, there's a lot to do with metabolic rate. There's a lot to do with how your, how your, your systems are, your weight, right? How much you work out. So we talked to some people that are very active in, in the um, athletic space, you know, whether they're training or they're training trainers, and they're just very metabolically active. And they're just machines, right? It's eat, you know, eat, dump the, you know, eat and uh, metabolize, eat metabolize, eat metabolize. They're just working their body systems all day long. They are super hot when they go to bed. They might have 8% body fat. They're just super lean machines, and they're fantastically hot at night. Because they just can't cool their system down. Their system is so amped up. So a lot of our pro athletes that that sleep on the product. It's because they can get they can drop their resting heart rate by as much as seven beats per minute. So they have a huge like wow. it's already just it's chilling the system out. It's slowing you down. It's really putting you in a uh, semi uh, hi, hypernative state. Ah, so right, because right. Because we want to get people in what's called a non shivering thermogenesis, where you're you're cold enough. You're colder than comfortable, but not so cold you shiver. You shiver, you wake up. So Yes,
0: yes, dude. That's so funny because I think when I saw you last, or no, no, I was talking to um, someone at your booth, and I was like, you know, I love the chili pad, but sometimes I'm too cold. I can't dial it in. And she goes, dude, set it at 66. And I was like, what? Why did I not know this? I've been using it for a couple of years now. She's like, yeah, 66 is the number. And I, and now I do that. And no matter what the temperature is in my room, I, for me, 66 is the number. And awesome. I'm, I'm perfect. Yeah, I'm super stoked. Awesome. So... I like this idea of the, what is it, hibernate? Uh, yeah, it's a hibernative state. Hi- yeah. Hibernative so, state, there's some, yeah. there's some
1: research that was just coming out about, uh, um, I'm forgetting the researcher right now, but they were doing research on essentially cooling uh, cooling mice to put them in a, in a hibernative state. So the research is coming, and we're going to find that we... There's a couple of amazing things we can do when we start changing people's sleep temperature, um, but putting them in, a, in, in that state where they're essentially hibernating. You're just, we're chilling. All of our systems are slowing to the point where we get really deep recovery. Um, but yeah, it's really, really fun stuff. So
0: that's interesting that it's, it's more about um two people that want to share a sleeping space that it's not a matter of like their gender so much, but it's just a matter of who prefers sleeping hotter or colder. Yeah. And, and so I must just be a person who really prefers sleeping colder and, have had the luck of the draw where most of my bed partners have been the opposite way. There's been some contention. And I mean, honestly, there's been contention to that point at various times. I mean, not enough where you're like, we're going to break up because we like a different temperature. I mean, you add blankets, you remove blankets, whatever, but... I, I bet you that there have been a few divorces in the history yeah. of our modern sleep environments just because that's like something you can't get over. You yeah,
1: know? I mean, we call it sleep divorce, right? Even oh, wow. otherwise happy marriage, sleep is now such an issue, whether it's because of snoring, because of heat, because of other things that literally ha- otherwise happy couples literally can't spend. They're not sleeping together. And so they're, they're going through sleep divorce or setting up separate master bedrooms. They're right. going through like figuring out how to still cohabitate, but it's not awesome. Um, but and yeah, then the irritability sure, and you, the, the testiness that you inherently have when you're not well-rested. Yeah, and you're discussed. missing that physical touch. You, you know, you're know, you not waking up next to each other. You're not able to touch each other through that, throughout the night. We're, you know, as, as human beings, we're, we've evolved having other, uh, other living things around us as part of like kind of a, a comfort feel. And so whether it's pets, whether it's another human in the bed, being able to like actually have that close contact of other human uh, living things is really viable to us. I mean, it's a, it's a great comforting thing. It helps us dump that stress, right? So the other research we've done, uh, particularly my partner's done a lot of research on you know the link between sleep and chronic disease, and particularly about how when you go to sleep in a stressed state, you're locking in the damage of that day, the stress damage of that day. Oh. So the difference of like taking a few minutes and meditating and doing that mind dump and literally like no lion is chasing you. Nothing is going to kill you tonight before you go to bed. We evolved with the like, you know, all the testosterone and the cortisone levels based on surviving an attack, surviving a, you know, an uh from being able to to work out right through the things that we're most vulnerable, we're most vulnerable to. Nothing in the modern world is going to jump up at 11 o'clock at night and kill you as you're getting into bed. Why can't we just let it go? So when you can find a way to relax and then your body starts doing the things it needs to do when you're getting extra deep sleep, it's amazing. Like that's when you really get that recovery and you're not locking in the stress of our modern, modern days. This would also indicate why...
0: I think most of us intuitively know if we're having conflict with our bed partner that you want to do your best to solve that shit before yeah. you go to sleep. Yeah, because absolutely, whoever's most pissed is going to sleep the worst. Mm-hmm. If one of them's like, "I don't care," I'm not, you know, I'm I'm fine with being in a fight or whatever. and yep. One person's really triggered and upset; they're going to sleep like hell. I know that from being on the receiving end of that at yeah. times in my life. Yeah. I always want to at least come to some resolution and be like, all right, we're pissed at each other, but I still love you. Now let's go to sleep in peace. Yeah. Let's figure
1: it out tomorrow. I'm willing to work. Let's work it out. We love each other. Stop it. Yeah. You know, let's not figure out who's right. Who's wrong. Like, let's just kind of figure out a way to sleep together and enjoy, you know, the next eight hours of like non-conflict zone. Yeah. Cause that, that, that fight or flight response
0: that we get from any type of conflict and especially those of us that are, less or more triggered by the emotions involved in a romantic kind of conflict, um, it can really trash your sleep. Yeah, I'm really into uh, EMF awareness, right? And one of the things that is so difficult for me to observe is when people use an electric blanket for their sleep. Do you you happen to know anything about the electric blanket scene? For people that live in a really cold climate and don't want to heat the whole house, and rather than wanting their bed cold, they want their bed hot, which is cozy if you're sleeping somewhere and it's 30 degrees in your room for whatever reason.
1: You know, we, as a company or as as like a product guy, we know that there's a whole market we could be serving by essentially using a water-based system to replace electric blankets. So anyone that uses an electric blanket oh my God, you're literally taking years off your life. Like, stop. I mean, they're products that, like, they cause cancer, they catch fire. It, it's a terrible product. It's a terrible product. And and I generally don't say that about a lot of things. I try to be pretty pragmatic. You know, there's a lot, of, a lot of reasons for people to choose what they choose. But by golly, they just don't use electric blankets. They're cheap. They're cheap, and they use resistance heat. They carry huge electromagnetic fields You're sleeping under the power lines. You're sleeping on the power lines. Terrible. So what one of the, like, in fact, we were measuring EMFs coming off our unit today. Uh, There's got right down on our booth and we're kind of measuring like, Hey, how's the new unit compared to the old unit? And what about, you know, the Bluetooth connectivity and all that stuff. And we're, we're thrilled to know that at one foot away from our device, this. No perceptible EMF difference. So, the electronic device itself is the only thing that creates an EMF, like every other electronic device. There's some signature. But once you're a foot away, it's simply you're back to an ambient load of magnetic field.
0: Well, that's, I wanted to ask you about that. And, you know, it's like when someone makes a product, and, you know, we're going to inevitably talk about that because it's one of the, areas of your expertise around sleep and temperature and stuff. But I was like, hmm, should I ask them about their EMFs? Because if you're like, I don't know, and I happen <laughs> to know that it has really high EMF, I'm obligated to the audience and say, well, hey, like put it far away. Um, so first thing is, thank you for clarifying my belief and based on testing and just, I mean, it's pretty commonly known with health conscious people that electric blankets are absolutely the worst thing ever. Do anything you can to heat yourself up other than that. Um,
1: I get a good old fashioned hot water bottle. Right. You know, like right. they still sell them, they're cheap. They'll last, you know, the last three, four hours. Like there's other options. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously our product heats, you know, it's not like, and our philosophy is like, look, man, our product might not be right for everybody. We love what it does and we love the people that use it and all the people that rave about it, whether it's because of finances or preferences, like I'm not saying, we're, you know, by no means with the NLBL, we just, we're, we're really fortunate to be in a spot where we've been able to bless tens of thousands of people and change their lives like on night one. Yeah. You know, like, you know, like, to the moment you get back home and you turn that chili pad back on like, oh yeah, I'm, stoked. Yeah. I'm home. Yeah. Like this feels awesome. Um, But from just to clarify on the EMFs, like the only thing in the mattress pad on the chili pad, it's silicone tubes and water. Like it's totally inert. Oh good, not vinyl. So,
0: not vinyl. Good. No vinyl. So, yeah, because when I said that earlier, I was like,
1: oh shit. Uh-oh. I wonder if their tubes are vinyl. <laughs> like I hope nope. he knows better. No, nope. I mean there's plastics in our control unit. Like you can't yeah. make it like everything else, like your sure. iPhones, or whatever, you know. Uh, we're making it the best materials we can. We try to make it as responsibly as we can. But yeah, the mattress part is really, really important to us. We gotta keep it gotta keep it healthy. Keep electronics away from away from your bed, you know. Yeah. Keep that keep that sleep space a healing space. We evolved to heal at night. Like that's when we're supposed to do all of our healing. We didn't design, we're not designed to heal while we're hunting, while we're carrying water, while we're like doing the things that allow us to survive. You know, in modern day, it's not, we're not healing while we're working. Now, you can keep your mind sharp by doing, you know, doing all the mindfulness activities and, and being right on being balanced in our lives, but we don't heal during our day. We heal at night on overall in a natural physiological system. So when you talk about biohacks, like my philosophy on biohacking and such, I feel like they're great aids to do the things that aren't naturally happening. So how do we make sure that we can do as many of those things as naturally as possible, the way nature intended, the way we evolved as systems? So the more we can do it naturally, we're like... It's almost like we're trying to overcome all the man-made stuff because we've kind of screwed up our systems so bad. And what we're really trying to do is kind of dial it back to like having some modern niceties, but kind of have less destructive on our physical systems or less destructive on the environment. But you know, our, our bodies are pretty magical, you know? And if we just help them stop getting in the way of what they would do normally, we don't need all the biohacks. Let them do the things they're supposed to do. Eat well, right? Know where your food comes from. Know what's in it. Like all those the basic things, and let your body be a healthy system. You
0: know? Yeah, I think that that's um, when I first got into natural healing and all of this stuff. It was, I think, one of my yeah, one of my first teachers probably was a guy named Dr. Richard Schultz, and he's kind of just a classical American herbalist, I guess you could say. He was really into colon health and um, detoxing and juicing and all this kind of stuff. And he had a very simple, I guess still does, has a very simple philosophy. And that is, if you're sick, stop doing the things that made you sick. And it's like, it's so simple, but yet what are those things? Oh, sleeping with an electric blanket, um, you know, eating foods that have GMOs, pesticides, Roundup, um, MSG, aspartame. I mean, there's some like low hanging fruit. That's pretty obvious. The kind of lighting that we're all exposed to. I mean, now we're learning so much more about that, but it literally is like just stopping the inputs that hurt you as unneurotically as you can, you know, the things that are within your control without being nuts about it. And your body knows what to do. If you stop doing the things that make you sick, your body is then, you know, able to have the energy to heal, whatever it is. So I'm I'm with that philosophy, and I also kind of go ten miles past that and do everything I can
1: <laughs> yeah. to help
0: restore the body, including sure. you know really taking a focus on optimizing sleep. Yeah. Have you found um, in being now in the sleep industry that you are that that it's a tough sell in terms of a health practice? Sleep itself, because it's, I guess, for more of your proactive kind of people that they want the the machines they want the supplements they want yeah. the fitness routine that's going to move the needle and they're like sleep boring i mean do you come up against that where people don't well, see the value in the power of sleep because it's not it doesn't have the bells and
1: whistles as some of the other interventions it's changed a lot it's changed a lot in 12 years and the 12 years we've been working on it think about how much our awareness of sleep change of sleep has changed in the last 5 years you know as humans we want to improve what we can measure Right, right. We can finally measure sleep. Right. So you woke up, you know, five years ago, you'd wake up and you felt like crap. You're like, man, I feel like crap. I didn't sleep very well. Now you can wake up and feel like crap. like, let me look at my scores. How was my aura scores last night? Did I get deep sleep? Did I get any deep sleep? Does it just uh, take me long and fall asleep? I have a lot of disturbances. Like, what happened? Now we can look. We have the data. And it's easy. Uh, You know, there's other platforms that I don't like as much, but you know, some data is better than no data. And if you get, you start to quantify what's happening, it's a lot easier to do things that that can improve it. For some people, blue light is a, a is a really big issue. Uh, um, for me, it doesn't seem to affect me very much. So I, I end up working on a laptop a lot, you know, 14 hours a day. It's just, that's just my life. That's what I'd have to do right now. Thankfully, I can work and do what I need to do professionally and I can go to bed. Um, some people aren't so fortunate, but it doesn't have an impact on my sleep quality. Other people, hey, they need to be super careful about caffeine. They need to be super careful about blue light. Or, you know, they need to make sure they have the noise machine. Or They'll find the tricks, like find the tricks that work for you. But once you start measuring it, you can find ways to improve it. And then start doing more of what's working. Um, sleepy time tea, that's great for a lot of people. Like, again, it warms them up a little bit so they can cool down. There's some great herbal uh, remedies in there that just like help your body start winding down for bed it's like find your secret sauce man you you have all kinds of things that are working for you to help you just feel great be on your A game be your best self you know and 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 from a sleep standpoint because the conversation is increased so much more about sleep it was a black box we just frankly didn't understand our doctors and the medical community didn't really understand it Um, so it's taking technology to quantify it to actually improve the conversation so the conversation is amping up in frequency and in quality because now we have good information and we couldn't we couldn't get the information that work can provide barely off a a, a PSG sleep lab and then you're sleeping in a lab not in home with crap all over you to try to determine how good your sleep is like that's a terrible idea you know it needs to be at home in your environment
0: I agree with the, the quantification and the gamification of these metrics. So if I wake up and I have to guess how I slept, I'm not going to be that inspired to improve it because I really don't know. I was like, it was all right. Okay, whatever. Tonight I'll do whatever. I'll do the blue light. I'll eat sugar close to bed, have coffee too late. You know, it's like, I don't know. You don't really know what's hurting you or not. But yeah, having the, the aura ring, which I have on all the time now, um, having that, makes me compete with myself and yeah. now I'm becoming a sleep nerd where I'm posting on Instagram, look, I got a ninety-three dog. You know yeah, what I mean? Like I'm super stuck. It's not like I benched 250 today. Right. I not for me, that's not a motivator. <laughs> um, I guess, you know, the cosmetics and just feeling strong maybe, but It's like, no, I want to beat my own score. I'm only competing with myself. And so, yeah, I'm like, "Hmm, maybe I should have some kava tonight or wow, I had kratom last night. That didn't really work out so well. Ooh, (laughs) did I have modafinil yesterday? Man, I better not do that on nights I need sleep. I mean, you really can dial in what was the temperature like, et cetera. So I think that you're right in that, especially for the athletic type and the guys that are into like high performance, kick ass. Yeah if you can kick ass at your sleep then you're going to kick ass so much more at everything yeah. else you do. Uh, I want to go back a little bit into the mechanics of it because when i've tried to describe everyone always wants to know what i do to optimize sleep because i'm so into it. I say, "Oh, i have this pad and it make it makes my bed cold." And they think yeah. it has wires in it like mm-hmm. an electric blanket. Yeah. So explain kind of the the mechanics of the pad itself. What's it made out of? How does it work?
1: How can you make it hot or warm or cool or cold all at once? Yeah, so um, the technology is th- we're using thermal electrics. so it's a, basically like a wafer with a with a um, a ceramic top to it. And one side gets cold, one side gets hot when you put power to it. So you don't have to tell the system I want to heat it up, I want to cool it down. You say, look, I want it to run at 108 degrees, and then when I'm cold, I want it to run at 72 degrees. You pick the temperature. You don't, and the system is smart enough to know: do I need to heat up or cool down to do it? So there's some other systems in our experience. Some people may have experience with like a radiant floor heat where it's just basically tubes under the floor that keep the floor warm. Um, so there's some other examples of where they're using similar technology of the, routing the tubes. We have the water flowing in the system all the time. And so we're measuring the return water temperature. That's when we know, do we need to heat it more or cool it more? So the system is like an always-on system where it's just flowing water. And we're measuring that return water temperature to hit the target temperature. There's not a lot of water in the system. It's not like you're sleeping on a waterbed. Uh, The whole system is uh, about a liter and a half of water. We use uh, medical grade silicone tubing in it. So, like, it's super durable and it's not gonna like puncture and, and leak in the bed and that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, we're, you know, simp- simpler is better. Like, it doesn't have to be that complicated. People are like, oh, you need to measure the body temperature. And if the body heats up with a hot flash, you need to immediately to cool down super, you know, cool down super fast and then make the hot flash go away. And interestingly enough, we found in our research when you keep the temperature constant, the hot flash, you never get as hot. And it doesn't last as long because there's no environment to heat up around you. And people have even had fewer hot flashes during the day when they sleep well at night. Um, so there's all kinds of stuff. But I'm sorry, I'm getting back into the, in, in the, the customer side of or the, the user side of it. But yeah, it's a pretty simple system. You know, it's easy to disconnect. But it's sil- silicon tubes and water. We heat and cool the water with thermoelectrics. There's a fan that runs. So people ask about noise a lot. Um, how noisy is it? Is it disruptive? Um, you've probably found just like me that it's pretty much like white noise. Uh, it's a des- literally a desktop computer fan. That's the only audible noise. That's what's running. The new system that we're just introducing for this summer, uh, the uh, the ULUR sleep system, all on uh, chilitechnology.com uh, or on, on, on your site, Luke, that the new system, we've got some great features where you can set a schedule. So you have it automatically turn on a certain time in the night at a certain temperature. Uh, you can change the temperature throughout the night so you can follow that circadian rhythm. Oh, that's dope. Um, so you could have it all toasty when you fall asleep and then it gets cooler? Yes. Oh, then,
0: that's amazing. Because sometimes, dude, I, I'll I'll like turn on my chili pad and I have it at 66 and then I think I'm going to bed. So it, I think that it's not going to be cold yet. But then I run around and do some stuff and I get in bed. And I'm like, ah, damn, it's kind of cold. And then I sort of get away from the pad yep. a little bit. Yep. <laughs> and then, you know, I don't get that like, ah, I'm nice and toasty in the bed feeling. So that, I mean, it's again a nuanced, like, real quality problem to yeah. have but you know if you want to fine-tune things and really live like a king uh, in this case that's pretty cool i didn't it's pretty know that awesome.
1: and actually the feature i love uh is you have we have a warm awake feature so literally you click a button it'll just warm you awake no alarm clock no vibration no like light going off you literally just set it to warm awake and it'll keep warming up till you wake up and when you wake up that way it's Fantastic! You wake up in a warm, snuggly bed. It's like you oh, just you that's just awake. Oh, yeah. because
0: that's true. It is really hard for me to get up out of bed when it's cold, in, especially if it's cold in the room too. Yeah. Oh God, that's amazing. Oh my God, I can't wait till that thing comes out and I get my hands on one. And then in terms of addressing the EMF, I up until recently never measured anything on the Chili Pad that I have. The you know now what will be the first or an older unit. Um, Because the the, um, silicone tube that goes from the motor part where you put the water in that plugs into the wall, the tube is so long, I've always just intuitively put it across the room. And plus, even though I actually like sleeping with white noise and earplugs because I live in a city that's loud as hell, um, I still don't want the fan too close to me. I like it over in the other side of the room instead of like next to the bed. But recently I did... I think I don't know if I measured the electric fields, but the magnetic field around it, and it had some magnetic field Mm -hmm. because it's a motor and pretty much anything with a motor has that from my understanding. Have you, in terms of the EMF, have you looked at the magnetic fields and how far away, you mentioned like a foot. So now you have Bluetooth, which would be um, an RF field. And then you have a power cable going into the wall, which if it's not shielded, is going to have a certain degree of electrical field. And then you're going to have the magnetic field just because anytime something has an engine, how
1: geeked out have you guys gotten into the three different elements? Pretty geeked out. The Bluetooth does not need to stay connected. So when you push a schedule to the device, you disconnect it and the Bluetooth turns off. Oh, cool. So unlike a regular, like there's a lot, of, so a lot of other products that are Wi-Fi enabled, we chose Bluetooth because it's really easy to turn on, turn off. Right. Um, and then it's you don't have always, all those
0: problems like reconnecting and stuff. Right. Like my it's, stupid Sonos at home, which I'm now addicted to, produces tons of EMF, yeah. which I just found out from Brian Hoyer doing an assessment on my house. Super lame. Um, and it produces Wi-Fi just from being on. Yeah. Each speaker is its own Wi-Fi router, basically, yeah. which is horrific but you can hardwire them with an ethernet cable but you know it's quite a project uh and then when you turn music on through them it's off the charts it's like yeah dude we measured it it sucks sucks. Sonos if you're listening like figure something out help me (laughs) so anyway um so you, the rad thing, I'm happy to hear you can turn the Bluetooth... Bluetooth is not, I, I think, not as gnarly as like a cell phone or Wi-Fi anyway, but it's cool to be able to... Like the Aura Ring, it has Bluetooth, but you can turn it on and off yeah. at will. But point I was trying to get to before I got pissed at Sonos, love-hate relationship was that when you disconnect like Wi-Fi to a Wi-Fi enabled thing, like my little Dyson heater, I found out also does the same shit. So basically people, any Wi-Fi enabled devices in your house are like having an extra router. And what sucks is when you turn them off and on, then you have connection issues when you yeah, want to use it again. That's right. But with Bluetooth things, it's real easy to sync them back
1: up. Right. So Yeah, exactly. So we're we're really trying to work through all that stuff. And so make sure we're not requiring always on connections. Um, we're really cognizant. We know, you know, it's really important to manage the EMFs, particularly in your healing space. Your healing space is your bed. Like, Don't mess with it, let that be your healing space. And so, you know, we're really trying to take a holistic approach to make sure that we're creating a healthy, you know, uh, recovery space. Yeah.
0: Is there anything? Did you happen to measure the um, the um, the distance of the magnetic field?
1: Yeah, um, the distance we measured just, just a couple of hours ago was one foot away, 12 inches. Cool. There's no discernible difference between the environment emf and the Product EMF. That's awesome.
0: So thank pretty, you, pretty tight. Thank you for being conscious of that, man. Because you know, as I said, it could get potentially awkward when I question someone and they're uh. like, uh, "No, we don't. We have no idea. It's probably not safe." I mean, no matter. Even if like the chili pad had tons of EMF, if you the cable, as I said, is long enough to have it far enough from your bed where it wouldn't hit you anyway. Right. So it's very easy to have the unit more than one feet away, and you probably would anyway. Um, I'm now in this position in my house having just done this assessment where I've discovered from Brian Hoyer at Shielded Healing that I have really high magnetic fields in the house, particularly in the bedroom that's Ooh, coming yeah. from some faulty wiring. Yeah. Well, so even something like the chili pad or any other like an air purifier or something that has a mechanical motor that inherently creates a magnetic field the magnetic field just the ambient levels in my room is so much higher than any device can wow. even make yeah That's so terrible. i see yeah it sucks dude so i have to fix the wiring but what i did as a temporary measure is and i have to have my chili pad on i'm just I'm not sleeping without it. I don't care what's going on, but what I did is now I hit the kill switch on the on the breaker box for my bedroom. Mm-hmm. So I kill all the power in my room and then I have an extension cord <laughs> for the chili pad that goes into the the circuit that is the bathroom. Awesome. And it's, it's actually, you know what? No, I don't even have an extension cord. The... Between the power cable to the chili pad and then the water tube that goes into the mattress, those two together are long enough for me to have the chili pad way across the room, plugged in in the bathroom on a Sweet. different circuit and kill all the um, the electrical fields incidentally and that dirty electricity and the magnetic field in my room. And dude, my sleep scores from the first night I hit that breaker on my room went up by at least 10%. Wow! And every single night I've slept at home with that breaker off, my scores are in the 90s. Wow! Yeah, it's crazy.
1: Yeah, it's dope. So measurable goes back to measurable, right? Exactly. And like I thought, it okay. It wasn't healthy. And now you're like, (laughs) wow! Like right then, immediately, you can measure it. How how empowering is that? And that
0: motivates me. It's one extra step before I go to bed to go into my laundry room and like click. Luckily, it's very close to the bedroom. But I go in there and click that one thing and. I haven't told my girlfriend I'm doing that yet, but she doesn't seem to be very (laughs) electronically dependent at night. She's not like plugging in a bunch of stuff. So I could probably get away with it. You can still hit the light switch and the lights come on on a different circuit. So I'm, I'm being like a paranoid guy, but I'm getting away with it. But anyway, I just want to give you kudos for making a really cool and useful product and also being thoughtful about the way you do that. And I like to help promote companies that are doing shit the right way and not making products that are quote, end quote, like a health product that also hurts you, which some of them do and you have to weigh the cost to benefit ratio, right? So even like you might take a great supplement or a nootropic that's awesome, but it's made from a bovine gelatin um, capsule that was fed GMO food. You know what I mean? It's like a GMO soy cow factory farm gelatin capsules. So you're splitting hairs there yeah. and it probably won't hurt you. But if you're eating 10 of those capsules a day for 10 years, you're probably getting a significant awesome. amount of GMO. So does the do the constituents of that capsule benefit outweigh the small amount of gelatin bovine GMO you're getting in all those capsules? I mean, I'm getting very nuanced here, but it speaks to a point. I would rather just support a company that Whose supply chain or manufacturing process is smart enough and thoughtful and forward-thinking enough to address the possible, you know, downside, detriments to their product yeah. or service. So, dude, thank yeah, you for thanks, being. Man. Yeah, thank you for being thoughtful and rad. And as I said, I'm like a super fan because <laughs> you help my sleep so much. Love it. <laughs> um, and then the the other thing is uh, going back, kind of to the, and we could probably kind of wrap up on this, but going back to sleeping in a bed with another human that likes a different temperature. Just to clarify, if you had two people in a bed and one wants it super hot and one wants it super cold, at least the version of the thing that I have now, it's kind of like a you know, a single, what do you call that? Like the small mattress side that's yeah. about half. Anyway, it's, I have a king size bed and my pad is half and then the other half doesn't have one. But if I was sleeping with someone that wanted to be colder or hotter, they would get their own unit on their side and they could sleep at 108 and I can sleep at 59 or whatever. Exactly. and. Her side's gonna be super hot, my side's gonna be super cold, and we live
1: happily ever after. Exactly. Yeah. So for for we designed the system to try to be as flexible as possible for people. So in your situation, you just got one, you know, you you sleep on it, sleep fantastically, your sleep partner. The temperatures were not a primary issue for them. So they're sleeping comfortably, they're fine. You know, probably some ways to optimize their sleep, but they don't have to sleep on one. For a queen and king size bed, they people can get one that covers the whole bed with two different zones. So yeah, so people can have temperature anywhere their own own side would you need to get reference. two uh, master units yeah okay you so do. you
0: get two units but then there is there one pad that they both plug yeah, into exactly
1: so there's two oh. units of course so you can get two pads like someone with an adjustable base or some of that kind of stuff oh, okay it'll work um and the, you can keep separate pads or you can buy the one pad with two two tubes coming out two control units ah,
0: um, that's you know, cool
1: yeah and there's there's, there's some new competitors coming out that have, they're just using one controller for both sides of the bed. I'm really interested, fascinated to try it, to see how they can possibly get enough thermal capacity to make two people at the right temperature. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I think we're going to, you're going to see a lot more products coming out. Uh, Casper's working on, uh, you know, some other companies, Casper, I believe, and some other companies working on active thermal management. To me, it's it's vindicating to know that hey, we're in the right space. Everyone else is working on it because this has such a huge difference. You know, it makes such yeah. a big difference. Well, that's a healthy
0: space. mental perspective too. You know, having worked with a lot of different brands in the past couple of years, sometimes they get and I might like support two different companies that do something the same or very similar, and sometimes they get testy and they're like, "What, what are you doing? Like, it's our thing." I'm like, dude. Everyone needs sleep. Everyone has a bed. There's 7 billion people that have a bed. I don't think, you know, the market is going to get completely stolen. It's sort of like, I mean, I guess Apple has taken over the personal computer thing to a degree, but plenty they're still selling plenty of PCs. You know, there's room for everyone, and that's an example where someone just crushed the market. (laughs) Still, there's enough for everyone at the table. You know, plenty
1: plenty of room to go around. Yeah, one out of
0: five people that I meet still has an Android. I'm like, what is that weird thing? How do you work this? (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding, Android users, it's all good. Um, But I I like that point of view that we live in an abundant universe and that we can be collaborative and not. You don't have to be competitive to right. be successful. So right. thank you. Although I have not seen anyone make a thing as good as your thing. So I'm sticking with you.
1: Thanks, man. But Appreciate don't be pissed
0: it. at me if someone comes out with, you know, the whatever superpowered. Cold bed hey, man. thing,
1: but that, that just means we have to work harder. You know, we don't, yeah. we don't take anything for granted. You know, we're, we we uh, we work hard every day, make sure that we're doing what we need to do. I, and the the new unit looks super cool too. And I mean, the features
0: of being able to you know go to bed a certain temperature and have it get cold and then wake you up warm, like that's freaking heaven. I feel like I was born in the right century this time. Yeah, man, perfect. Uh, so I think that's it. My last question. What's my last question? Oh, so you've taught me a lot about sleep and technology and all different things today. Who have been three teachers? or teachings, Todd, in your life that have helped shape who you are that our audience might be able to go learn from? Could be a book, a philosophy, anything of that nature, a person, Hmm. living or not.
1: It's a great question. So I think whether we look at life lessons or business lessons are probably... Uh, a little bit different in my world of like, you know, pretty, pretty intense on business side and really spent a lot of my energy there. But I feel like what really makes the world go round is the human side, the family side. Um, I've got four boys. We have a very active family my kids range uh, from, from 10 to 20 years old. For us, it's, it's really all about, you know, staying engaged, staying aware. When you deal with struggle, there's always a path out. Um, I think it's really easy. You know, one of the things that freaks me out as as a dad is one in twelve teenagers go off to college with a suicide plan. There's all kinds of crazy stuff happening there. Yeah, man, it's it's like it's a crisis state. And like to find a way to stay engaged with people, be human, be vulnerable, be know that there's always a way through whatever struggles we're facing, and and stay connected to people. It's really easy to, to end up on an Island. In fact, you know, we were talking about this before the podcast. It's, you know, it's probably very energy depleting for you to talk to people all day long. And you're not you, for you to stay engaged and connected in a high level with people in a very in a, in a intimate human way, as opposed to kind of like in an interviewing you do a great, great interview. And then how do you maintain that kind of connected tissue? Um, I, you know, as far as where I get that teachings from, I feel like I'm learning all the time from people I, I've had great interaction recently. It's a it's a uh, personal coach in the NBA guy, David David Nurse. Um, we've been had-
0: Oh yeah, we've been in touch. Yeah, I great. keep he's he's like ayahuasca for me. It, uh, he keeps coming at me, and from all these different
1: unrelated sources, and yep. that indicates to me. I need to meet this guy. Yeah. Just a fantastic human being. Just a great, super grounded guy looking to give to the universe, trying to find a way to work his craft and connect with people, you know, and I connect with a guy like that. And we had a choice to kind of go out and party, some new friends or, or find some time to connect with Dave and with David. And, you know, uh, it was just, it was, it became an A or B choice. And, uh, you know, I'm learning lots of lessons on how he approaches life and how he connects with some of the NBA stars he works with. And it's, it's, it's as much life counseling as it is shot counseling about how to be a better, you know, shooter, how to hit more shots. Because the reality is you know, we all need to put ourselves in a, in a position to, to do what we do best. And, you know, I'm grateful I've got a lot of influences around me. My wife and partner, she's my best coach out there for sure. She, she clearly identifies when I'm off. She's like, eh, what's going on, man? Are you doing your <laughs> recipe? Are you working out? Are you being mindful? Are you being grateful? Are you expressing gratitude? And that's those are the things I need to do to make sure I stay on doing what I do. So yeah, right lots done. of influences.
0: Cool. Uh thanks, dude. I appreciate it. Thanks for your time.
1: Thanks a lot. Appreciate it, man. See it's you great soon. as always. Look forward to it. That brings us
0: to the end. Of yet another episode of the Lifestylist Podcast, and uh, straight up, it's uh, now 9:49 p.m. I'm still kind of on Spain time, so I'm I'm really taking advantage of that and trying to get myself in bed by 10, so I can wake up and watch the sunrise, reset the circadian rhythm crank out tons of dopamine. And as I'm sitting here going over my notes and recording these bits about uh, you know sleep and making the bedroom cold and uh, knowing that my air conditioning is super loud and kind of screws up my sleep, which is another reason why I'm so into my Chili Pad and my Uller. I have a couple of them now. I have my whole bed like dialed in for partner sleeping and whatnot. And I'm sitting here hot as hell in my studio. I just did a long recording uh, in here with uh, Dr. Ted uh, Ashikoso, which is the most mind-blowing episode I've ever recorded, by the way, so you can look out for that, little teaser. But I'm sitting here going, oh my God, I can't wait to get upstairs because I know my Uler unit has made my mattress freezing and I'm going to get in there and be super stoked. Uh, so I managed to get a discount out of our guest Todd. For those of you that want to check out the Chili Pad or the new version, the Uller, we got 25% off, which is pretty damn rad. So thank you, Todd you ever hear this much appreciated dude you've been really cool with me ever since day one when I first got one of these things and I was a, a nobody in the pod sphere uh, maybe I am still I don't know but I'm a little more of a somebody than I was three years ago so if you guys want to check it out go to chili enter the code lukestory 25 and you're going to get 25% off so uh, yeah I vouch for this thing it's rad I use it myself otherwise I would not talk about it ever trust me all kinds of stuff that people slang out there that's supposed to do this and supposed to do that and I could talk about it but I don't because I don't know if it works I know this works it's rad uh, so there you go oh we've got a couple sponsors to thank too we've got of course our old pals at Organifi go to organify.com forward slash Luke and save 20% off over there using the code LIFESTYLIST or you can go to Blue Blocks and get some rad blue blocking glasses you gotta have those speaking of sleep So go to blueblocks.com. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X. Use the code LIFESTYLIST and save yourself a cool 15% off. And then again, chilitechnology.com. The audience discount is a fat 25%, which is kind of meaningful because these things I think are a few hundred bucks if I recall right. The audience code for the Chili Pad is LukeStory25. Don't forget to tune in next week for Emotional Intelligence, How to Make Your Heart Smart with Josh Trent. It's going to be epic. Listen, I want to always, as always, thank you so much for listening to this show. If you're still hearing my voice right now, you're a super fan. And when I say I love you, I mean it. I know I don't know you, probably. Maybe I know some of you. Most of you not. There's thousands of you, thankfully, at this point. But I love you. Thank you so much for, you know, supporting the work that I do here, for going to lukestory.com forward slash store for getting all your health products and supplements and biohacking stuff over there. It helps me um, pay my team and keep producing better and better shows and being able to travel and record people in interesting, cool places and um, you know, just keep the content super rich. And uh, don't forget to join the Facebook group, of course, as I mentioned earlier. If you're in there, you ask questions, and I will probably answer them on a future solo Q&A show. I did one of them um, recently. I forget if it'll be out by now. Yeah. No, it won't. No, that's coming out soon. No, I'm totally tripping. I'm jet-lagged as fuck. (laughs) I shouldn't even be recording in this state, honestly. I'm usually much more professional, I swear, if you're a new listener. Um, No, I already put out the Q&A episode from the Facebook group. What I'm thinking of is that I have about another 15 questions to answer, which will probably culminate in... I don't know, I would say excess of five additional solo shows uh, culled from the questions in the Facebook group. So join the group if you have questions about anything in life that you think I might have some clue uh, how to answer and I will do a solo solo show and I will name check you, son or daughter. Uh, Not your last name, but I will say, this question comes from Jenny in Ohio, you know, like a real radio show. Uh, If you dig this stuff, you guys, you know, more importantly than buying anything and all that stuff, which is great if you do that, but just texting it to a friend or screen grabbing it putting it on Instagram or posting it to Facebook or email it to your mom, whomever you think might benefit from this information is so appreciated. You know, we're creeping up on 3 million downloads. That's my goal by the end of the year. And I think we're going to easily make that. Uh, I was reading an Instagram post by Tim Ferriss today, and his show's up to 400 million downloads. So, you know, I feel grateful. Uh, I don't want to compare myself to a world-famous, multi-New York Times bestselling author that's been around forever, but my three million seems pale in comparison to 400 million, and only you can help me get up to 400 uh, by sharing this with as many people as you feel appropriate or guided to do. All right, God bless. Talk to you soon. This episode of the Lifestylist Podcast was produced by podcastmasters.net.